What is up, everybody? Welcome in to the top of the first inning of Game 15 Sports Insanity Podcast here on the Sports Insanity Network. First and foremost, I am not Danny Boy Reginald. I am not the Patch Man. I'm Mike Rifkin, joined by Corpus Crispy, the man who needs Jeebus, <laughs> Bill Murphy. Bill, How are you, Mike? It's Monday. Uh, it's It was a hot Monday, too, to be yeah, honest. It was pretty hot, too. And also, people were saying that there was another error issue. Yeah, and I think the air is only going to get worse. Thanks a lot, Canada. I wonder if this is Canada's revenge on America after what South Park has done to Canada recently. One oh, can only think. It, so after dealing with me last week on the show, you're a glutton for punishment, aren't you, Mike? Patchy Dan, if you're listening, and I know that you are. I run this bitch. <laughs> um, okay, quick version. Patch is out of town for the weekend. Dan Dan, had some, Dan is going through. He had some personal matters. He's got, uh, yeah, he's going through some stuff with his family. So I'm here in his place. And I'm here to bug Mike. And he's here because no one else would claim him. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know what? You're the guy who loses his mom at this door. <laughs> and, uh, the store's closing, but my mom's not back yet. Uh, I'll, I guess I got to take you home with me. That I That's who you are, Bill. Yeah, I'm. Uh, so it looks like I'm that kid. All right. So we're going to cover three major sports, then we're going to cover some football news, some baseball talk. Baseball in New York is. Not great. Uh, And then we got some basketball news that we will cover as well. But we'll start with football. By the way, football season is right around the corner. I think training camps open up some this week. So Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so we're getting ready. We're going to have a Blitzers thing all revved up, ready to go. You check that out on the website sooner rather than later. Once I decide to send it out, but we'll open up with some news today. So today was the deadline for players that were franchise tagged to come to a long-term deal. Yesterday or Sunday, Evan Ingram of the Jaguars, Giants legend, signed a three-year contract to stay with the Jags. But today, Saquon Barkley, running back of the New York Giants, Josh Jacobs running back of the Las Vegas Raiders of Oakland of Los Angeles and Tony Pollard of the Cowboys all did not sign long-term deals. What that means is they could sign the franchise tag and play for one year at $10 million, or they could sit out the season. That is their choice. Saquon Barkley had some interesting had an interesting tweet saying it is what it is afterwards. I saw that. Which, so, so I guess we can go case by case. And since you're the Giant fan, we can go with the Giants first and Saquon Barkley. 
Are you surprised? Are you disappointed? I'm not that surprised. And I'm I'm a little disappointed because I love Saquon. And mm-hmm. I wanted him to be a I wanted him to get a long-term deal. And they were, you know, they they had, but you know, Saquon is not exactly clean. Saquon's agents and stuff are not exactly, they're not clean on in this either. Because they gave him an offer in the middle of the season, two years for $13 million. And he turned it down. And, and Saquon, I really wanted him to resign and, and get the, you know, and get the long-term deal, but that's not going to happen. So I don't know if he's going to, if he's going to just sign the tag or if he's going to sit out the year. And I'm going to say this, and I've said this, and I've said this for a while. And this is a controversial opinion, Mike. Are you ready for me to say something extremely controversial? Let me get my home alone face ready. I think the Giants should have tagged Daniel Jones and just paid Saquon. Okay. I think so because, well, Daniel Jones had a good season. Don't get me wrong, but Saquon has had a good had a good season last year. He was he was on fire, and I think right now. And like, listen, I said this, I'll say it again. Daniel Jones was not worth $45 million. Mm-hmm. And that is a hill I'm willing to die on, Mike. Um, I, I think you're right on that hill. To be, wow, Mike, to, we agree on something. To, to be now, honest, I think you're right on that hill. And you should, or you should have, I was talking to my dad earlier, you should have knocked down, the, or you should have paid him a million dollars less and give that million to Saquon. Here's, I have multiple issues here. First okay. issue is you're, you're right on Daniel Jones. He's not worth $40 million a year. The problem is that's the quarterback market. As unfortunate as that is, here's the thing on the Giants stuff. In my mind, who are you negotiating against for Daniel Jones? Who is the... T- who is the team out there saying, you know what? I'll pay Daniel Jones $30 million a year. At that point, I would have said, okay, I'll wipe my hands clean of that. And even if that means I have to bring in, argument's sake, Sam Darnold, who I know people don't love, but it's a, a, a decent quarterback. Or you pull the trigger on something else. And that's something it probably would have cost the Giants something. But I would have been okay if I'm the Giants. I let Daniel Jones sign with, I'm just going to throw a team out there. Daniel Jones signs a long-term deal with the Texans instead of them wanting to draft C.J. Stroud. If I'm the Giants, the first thing I'm doing, I'm calling the 49ers. And I'm seeing the price on Trey Lance. That because, would not be a bad idea. Because that's a guy who, who needs an opportunity. You could see what he's got. And then he's already under contract for the next couple of years, so you get to work with that. And then you can pay Saquon. 
because as much as the Giants need Saquon, Saquon needs the Giants just as much because there's there are very few teams who run the ball the way the Giants did last year. Saquon had that good of a year. He also hasn't been healthy. Yeah, the that's tornings. where I can understand yeah. where the Giants are coming from. Right. I understand where the Giants are coming from. I also understand where he's coming from. Because in my opinion, if I'm him, you pay Daniel Jones. And let's be honest, Danny doesn't throw that many dimes. He throws a lot of nickels. You know? <laughs> Sometimes he throws a penny, too. We're in a position now to where we've overpaid the quarterback to now we can't spend the money on, on the running back. We acquired a really good tight end to Darren Waller. So there's that as well. The other thing that I think people need to realize is Joe Shane did not draft Saquon Barkley number two overall. That was everyone's hero, Dave Gettleman. And, like, listen, as much as I have criticized Gettleman, and, Mike, I – Double doggy dared you to go back to the archives of how many times I've said things about Dave Gettleman that I might have to go to confession for. Um, but that was the one of the good things that I give Dave Gettleman credit for. He signed, he got Saquon, he drafted Saquon Barkley. But the problem is now is what you say with the quarterback market, and I just want to go back to what you said about Daniel Jones for a second, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. If the Giants said, okay, we are wiping our hands clean at Daniel Jones, he's going to be a free agent. Do you think every NFL team is going to be lining up to sign Daniel Jones? No. Who's, who's going to pay him? Like, who's the team out there? that coveted Daniel Jones so much that said, we'll give him 30. We'll give him 35 million a year. I want to know who you were negotiating against because I don't think that team existed. Yeah. And despite all of that, you could have reset certain markets because you could have just said, what can I get for a Trey Lance? Minnesota cut Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen. What are they going to do with Kirk Cousins? That's a conversation you could have had in the short term. You could have also drafted the eventual giant quarterback in this draft if you liked the guy. I'll throw another one out there. What are the Cardinals going to do with Kyler Murray? Because if if Kyler Murray's ahead of schedule and he's not good again, are they going to look at quarterback next year? with Caleb Williams and Drake May, because I, I would say this, I hate the Kyler Murray contract. I think it's unearned and undeserved, but the same thing could be said for Daniel Jones. And I think Kyler Murray is 10 times the athlete Daniel Jones. Is. No, I agree. So to me, I'm a little confused by this. I think Barkley at the same time, he needs to, here's the thing. Saquon Barkley's not in the position, neither is Josh Jacobs, to sit there and say, to sneeze at 10 million bucks and sit out the year. They're not going to sit out the year. And if they do, the, the, the per, my perception of them will change if they do. Because if, they, if he sits out the year, then he loses $10 million, right? Right. And here's the thing for me. 
I don't mind the Giants daring Saquon to say, hey, one more year. We just need one more year, and then we can pay you. Now, if that's upsetting to Saquon, that's fine. If that's upsetting to the Giants organization, that is also fine. At the end of the day, you couldn't come together on a deal. But the part that bothers me the most is what you said before. You were able to give Daniel Jones 40, and you couldn't come to terms with Saquon, who apparently turned down 19, and he turned down 13. And she's like, what's the number? Because to me, is Saquon Barkley a top running back talent in football? 100%. Is he the best running back in football? Oh, hell no. He ain't the best running back. You got Derrick Henry. You got Josh Jacobs, who I know we're probably going to talk about in a minute. But he's not Derrick Henry. He's not Nick Chubb Chubb. He's not run CMC. So then is is he better than a Jonathan Taylor? I don't know. Because he hasn't been healthy enough. But at the same time, the Giants haven't been good enough. And let me be totally frank. This is the cherry on top of – actually, I kind of liked what the Giants have done most of this offseason. I like a lot of their additions. I liked what they did during the draft. But this is a crucial year for the Giants because it's year two of Shane and Dable. And there were a lot of people who talked last year, the loss in Philadelphia ruined the season. The postseason or the, the 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 playoff loss. The playoff loss. Gotcha. And I go, that's not true, because you wanted to see growth from the Giants, and they grew a lot with this new staff. I 100 percent agree with you. And like, listen, because I was saying last year, I was like thinking, okay, if they win six, seven games, I'm happy. But they delivered. Yeah. The, this team, their rebuild was way ahead of schedule. Like, everybody kind of shrugged them off last year and thinking, yeah, they'll, yeah, they're not going to make it. They'll win like maybe six or seven games or maybe win like one. But this team is now, do I think they're Super Bowl bound? Probably not. But here's the thing again, back to the Saquon thing Saquon Barkley. And listen, I think he should have taken that two-year deal in the midseason. I think he should have. But I can see what he probably wanted, what, a four- or five-year deal? And I can see where the Giants are coming from. Aside from this season, his his rookie season and this past season were the only two he was healthy with no injuries. Here's the thing, and I'll say this here. If the Giants are not in the playoff position by the time the trade deadline comes, they'll have a hot commodity in Saquon Barkley because there will be a team out there who will pay them a ton in trade value for half a year of Saquon Barkley. But even like this year with the um with the um franchise tag, I wasn't like what we were saying about Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones was a free agent, Everyone and their mothers wouldn't be lining up to sign to sign them. Um, but I was thinking the same thing with Saquon because 
because what the terms of the draft pick was if you want him, you either gotta you gotta pay this the amount that he's you gotta match the amount and give us two draft picks. Like, do you think any team was gonna give two draft picks for Saquon Barkley? And do not get me wrong, I love Saquon Barkley, but a guy who is injury prone, again, I have to reiterate this, a guy who this was his only full season aside from his rook- that and his rookie season was the only season he didn't miss games. Like, and the other seasons he was injured. Like, if I'm like, say, the Cardinals, we're going back to Arizona for a second. Am I going to give up two draft picks for someone who's injury prone? I think the thing that threw a wrench in this on his part was the release of Dalvin Cook. Because I think maybe a team would have considered it. Then the Dalvin Cook rumors started. The draft was coming around the corner, too. So if you didn't love a running back in the draft. I just don't I, – I, I'm not in, in favor of it, of what went on here. Now, did Saquon deserve to be paid? Sure. But from a giant perspective, you can't make that investment in a guy – who's missed time with an ankle injury with a torn ACL. So if I'm Saquon Barkley, I'm calling my buddy Gnarls Barkley and my uncle Charles Barkley. We're going to talk about how crazy this is. But I'm motivated. I would be motivated. And I would say this, Joe Shane, you didn't want to pay me what I think I'm worth. I'm going to come out this year. I'm going to have a big year and you're either going to have to pay me what I think I'm worth or I'm piecing out. And if he pieces out, guess what? You're stuck with? Guess what you're stuck with a $40 million quarterback who I am not a believer in. Who is at best, maybe B tier at best. Listen, this is going to sound mean. He's the he's currently the third best quarterback in his own division, kind of by default, just because we don't know what Sam Howell brings to the commanders. Yeah, because I think Jalen Hurts is number one. I am not even going to fight. Yeah, Hur- Hurts is one. D- Dak, I think Dak, Dak's body of work is larger than Daniel Jones. But, like, okay, and, like, here's the thing. All the Daniel Jones defenders are going to be like, Oh my God, Bill, you're so mean to Daniel Jones. Like, oh my God, he's our quarterback. Listen, and I've said this, Rifkin, if we were to play a drinking game of how many times I've said this, we'd be dead of alcohol poisoning by now. Um, That's the dream. um, And I'm going to say this again. Listen, I'm not a Jones hater, but I'm not a Jones defender. If Jones has a good game... I will come on the air and and praise him. If he sucks, I will come on the air and eviscerate him. I'm consistent. I'm not the people who constantly defend Daniel Jones. I or the people who just constantly obliterate him just for the hell of it. I am consistent when it comes to Daniel Jones. I've been a Daniel Jones defender. I've also been a Daniel Jones. Non-supporter. I'm in the same boat as you. Here's the thing. 
one, he's not good enough to be the Mr. Jones the Count and Crows are talking about in the song, Mr. Jones. That is a great song. Can we admit but that? Here's the thing. That's the thing. Is Daniel Jones better? Arguments say, is he better than a guy we could talk about in a little bit? Is he better than a Jimmy Garoppolo? I think that's his upside. I think his upside is Jimmy G. His downside is just bad. I agree. And, and I get it. He's never had great weaponry. I totally get that. And I will 100% agree with people. He's never had great weapons. But at the same time, he makes critical mistake after critical mistake. And I'm telling you this. I know he had a nice year. I said this last week when we did our wishbone uh, Super Bowl tier. If there's one team I expect to have a little bit of a step back next this year, it's the Giants. And a lot of it stems from Daniel Jones because I'm not a believer until I saw her face, and then I was a believer without a trace of doubt in my mind. Are you in love? So. So, yeah, well, that's what Saquon, like I said, I think Saquon should have, they should have signed Saquon. They should have just taken the long-term deal, and I'm going to say this again. I think the Giants should have just tagged Daniel Jones and and get, and and pay Saquon. But you know, this is the John Mara logic. I also kind of think it's where we are in, in the NFL because let's be real honest here. Austin Eckler wanted a new deal. He didn't get one. They just put more incentive bases in his contract. Joe Mixon just restructured his contract. Josh Jacobs didn't get a long-term deal from the Raiders. And to be fair, I think he was a little bit more worthy than Saquon of a long-term deal because he's been putting up decent numbers the past number of years. And yet they give a new contract to Chandler Jones, who's getting up there in age. And yet they're they're not gonna, but and yet they're not gonna sign Josh Jacobs, who is one of the top leaders in NFL rush yards. I think he was number two. He last was number year. two, I think, behind Chubb. No, that was Henry. It could have been Henry. I thought Chubb was in there too. I think it was. I, think, I want to say it was Henry. I could be wrong. I could be right. I could be crazy. <laughs> Just the lunatic we're looking for. Turn out the lights. Don't try to save me. You may be wrong, but all I know, you may be right. Um, Hold on. I will look that up. But when you have someone who's in the top three for rush yards of the year, you have to be an idiot to not want to to give this guy a long-term deal. Okay, so we were both. We were both wrong. Jacobs was one. Henry was two. Chubb was three. Okay, because I Saquon was four, and and just to round off the top five, Miles Sanders was five. Okay, who was number four or three again? I'm sorry. Saquon was four. Chubb was three. And then Henry Jacobs. Yeah. But this was okay. But you know what? I'm going to say this. I'm tying together Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley here. Uh. 
you mit, it, when you have a running back who's finishing in the top five, in Josh Jacobs's case, number one, and you're not going to sign him to a long-term deal, that's ridiculous. Yeah, Chandler Jones is getting up there in age, gets a new contract, but yet you're not going to give a new contract to, you know, the number one rush leader in the NFL from last year. You're not going to do that. What goes through these GMs' heads, like seriously? Here's the thing: I think if I'm if I'm Josh Jacobs, I'm actually quite happy I didn't get a long term deal. Really? There's a reason why I'm saying this. It's the Raiders. It is the Raiders. The Raiders. There is one word when you think of the Las Vegas Raiders of Oakland of Los Angeles. That one word outside of mad is dysfunction. The Raiders are as dysfunctional as it comes. They paid money to Jimmy Garoppolo. Then we hear all this stuff about Garoppolo's foot. We don't know where this is going. Tom Brady's in the ownership spot. By the way, I'm still not convinced Tom Brady's not going to play for the Raiders at some point this year. (laughs) Josh Jacobs had to deal with Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, who both come from the Bill Belichick coaching tree, which means this. What has New England been famous for? Championships. Outside of that, they go running backs by committee. They don't have one guy who does it all. So if they're not a believer in the Josh Jacobs system, one, they should have traded when they had the point. But two, if Josh Jacobs, you keep producing at the rate you do, there is a team out there who should and would be able to pay you. I have an idea of who that team could be over the next offseason. You just got to keep producing. Who's that team? I'm putting Josh Jacobs with Justin Fields in Chicago. Interesting. That would be a spot I'd put him in. Like, if the Giants hadn't done the same thing with Saquon, I would have put Saquon in the same backfield as Lamar. I, I think those are things you could think about. Because yeah. I was even I was even hoping if Saquon walked, I would have said, hey, Joe Shane, go to Vegas, get Josh Jacobs. Yeah, but now here's the thing. There are other running backs out on the mark. These two guys can be had, I guess, if if team wants them. They can only sign the tender. But Zeke is still out there. Dalvin Cook is still out there. So I'm intrigued by the running back market here. Guys have come out in support of those two guys, and I get it. You know, Jacobs in particular, I'm a little bit more surprised than Saquon, just from the injury point of view. But them, along with Tony Pollard, none of them got a long-term deal. Someone who didn't get a long-term deal, but they got a deal, DeAndre Hopkins, two years, $26 million from the Tennessee Titans. 
it can be up to 32 million with incentives. I got to be honest with you. I love DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, I do too. I'm a big fan. This doesn't move the needle for me with the Tennessee Titans. Really? How, how so? You know what you said about Daniel Jones before? Yes. I feel the same way about Ryan Tannehill. Oh, I think his time is done. Like, to me, we're investing a lot here when we're talking about either Ryan Tannehill or Will Levis or Malik Willis. Malik Willis. I'm just, I'm not there on the Titans. We did a Super Bowl tier list on Wishbone last week. If you haven't checked it out, not sure if it's up yet or not, but we did it. And the way Tennessee ended last year, I was kind of like, maybe it's time to reset a little bit. New GM comes in. Vrabel, I think, is fine because Vrabel's a good coach. Agreed. But, but I'm not big on the quarterback. We heard Derrick Henry trade rumors. And the receivers don't scare me. There was one place I wanted to see DeAndre Hopkins. There was actually two places. I don't want to see him in New England because that, that just wasn't going to be fun for me as a Dolphin fan. But I would have liked to see him either A and KC go get the ring and put yourself back out on the market next year. Or if he was willing to take incentive-laden deal, I wouldn't have minded seeing the Giants pay him. Because that would have given them a real threat in the passing game. I thought those were the two teams. To me... The Titans, that doesn't move the needle. Because, Bill, Bill I'm going to ask you a, a question here. And I'm going to give you an answer. Okay. DeAndre Hopkins, on does he make the Titans better than the Chiefs? I think he makes the Titans more competitive. Does he make them better? It makes them better, but I don't think... No, 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 better, better than the Chiefs. No. Better than the Bills. Probably not. Better than the Bengals. Not really, because they have more they have more weapons than they did before, aside from Derrick Henry. But are they I think they could possibly compete with the Bills, the Chiefs, or the Bengals. But they don't have like the Mahomes or the Burroughs with you know how Burrow has Tyler Boyd and God, I am Jamar Chase. T. Higgins. And T. Higgins. Josh Allen has digged. Mahomes has Travis Kelsey and me catching passes from him. <laughs> yeah, that was glorious, Refkin. Listen, those are the three best teams in the AFC. Does it make Tennessee compete with Jacksonville for the South? Yeah, sure, probably. But I also. The AFC think- South is like the NFC South. It kind of. They're, and they're both like the NL and AL Centrals in baseball. They stink. Agreed. Cue up the Mike Francesa of they stink. Mike Francesa, we love you. So, and same with that. I don't think the Titans are better than the Browns. 
I don't think the Titans are better than the Dolphins. I don't think the Titans are better than the Chargers. I don't think the Titans are better than the Jets. I don't think the Titans are that good. And they are not even good enough to go to Teen Titans and let them know they're not that good. But I, I just, I get it from Hopkins' point of view. Hey, man, get your money, get paid. I will never fault the guy for getting paid. Let me ask but you, do you think but Titans, if, go ahead. Do you think the Titans are overrated? I don't want to say they're overrated. What I want to say is I think they missed an opportunity here to hit reset on what they are. Because now was a perfect opportunity with the Jaguars winning the division and how they ended last season was like, okay, we're not going to clean house because we have some young players here. But if we can maybe move Ryan Tannehill. Maybe we can move Derrick Henry for a plethora of draft picks. We can build this thing quicker than most people expect. Because to me, any sport, you have to be in this window of we're going to either win a championship or we're going to kind of rebuild it and you know what's coming for us. Jacksonville's rebuilt it and you see where they are. Houston is currently rebuilding it, and you know what? They're they're coming. The wild card in their whole division is Indianapolis, because is Indianapolis as bad as they were last year, or was that a mirage? But if I line you up against the rest of the AFC, every other division is loaded. I can see two to three teams coming out in the playoffs out of the AFC East, I wouldn't be surprised. Two or three teams out of the AFC North in the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised. Two or three teams come out of the AFC West, I wouldn't be surprised. There's probably only one team coming out of the AFC South. And if you're putting a, a if you're putting me on the spot right now, I'm taking the Jaguars over the Titans because I think their roster is better. The Titans have more star power, but I think the Jaguars have the better overall talent oh that's a i agree with you with that but you know i believe with tennessee i think maybe it's time for Tannehill to wrap hang it up right and and that's why i thought perfect time to hit reset that that's why i say that because right got a Tannehill, new quarterback with will levies or you could have signed a veteran during this offseason and said okay it's going to be your team until we think Will Levis is ready. And then your job is to mentor Will Levis. And then Will Levis will say, the name's pronounced the Levi's, and I love the jeans. <laughs> but Not sponsored, uh, by the way. Not a sponsor. So that's DeAndre Hopkins to the Titans. I don't think it moves the needle. All right. The last thing on NFL, and since this was your idea, I'm going to let you present it. Okay. Well, there was a list that was released today by NFL by NFL coaches and executives. And here are the top 10 quarterbacks. Number 10 from the Los Angeles Rams, Matthew Stafford. Number nine. From the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott. Number eight from the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence. Number seven from the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson. 
Number six from the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts. Number five from the Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert. Number four from the New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers. Number three from the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. Number two from the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow. And number one from the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. What do you think of this list, Riff? All right, so this was uh, ranked by executive players, coaches, and scouts. Uh, Jeremy Fowler had the list. I think the top four are five. I've Mahomes is one. If you want to argue Burrow, Allen, I'll listen, but I think Burrow is a little bit better. Rodgers at four is fine. Uh, Here's where we're going to get interesting. I think you got to put Lamar and Hurts up a spot each. I think Lamar's won an MVP. He's done what he's needed to do. He finally got his contract that he thinks he's worth. Jalen Hurts showed off last year in his first real opportunity. Justin Herbert, to me, I don't want. I don't like using the term overrated. I really don't. I don't think Herbert's overrated. But I need to see more. I need to see the Chargers. Because the Charger conundrum for me, Bill, yes. I, I go back last year, and I can't get that that game against the Jags out of my head. That playoff game where they blew, what was that, 27 nothing lead. And they'd have games where they could put up points of anybody. And then they have games at home, random games at home, where they can't put up third, you know, they can't put up 20 points. They get beaten badly. So they need to find consistency. Am I saying that's all Herbert? No. But I think we've anointed Justin Herbert to be what I think Trevor Lawrence is. Because I think Trevor Lawrence is the guy who says, you know what? I'm ready to go. I don't have the fancy weapons in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and these guys. I'm working with Zay Jones and Evan Ingram and my college running back, ETN. I'm going to have Calvin Ridley this year, so I expect the Jags to be really good. The other thing, and this is going to get me so much criticism, I don't think Dak Prescott's a top ten quarterback. I don't either. I, I'm listen. I, I I'm not hating on the guy, but he didn't have a great. He, 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 the interceptions are high. I I just don't think he's a top ten quarterback. To me, he's eleven or twelve. Maybe thirteen. Um, I have a hard time putting Stafford in the top ten after last year, but I get it. Um, yeah, the the bottom half of the Prescott and Stafford, I think, aren't top ten. They're probably right outside. If you can bump Hertz and Lamar up a spot and then move Herbert down that seven range. I don't I'm mind gonna, Lawrence at eight. I'm going to make another controversial statement tonight, Rifkin. Oh, boy. 
I would put both Lamar and Hurts in the top five, and I probably would bump down Aaron Rodgers. Patch is going to kill me once he hears that. No. The thing is, it's like Rodgers, if you're going off from last season, was how does that season? I think you got to put the respect factor in there as well. Okay, absolutely. But I, I think if that you're going has off to do with performance. It. I would put Lamar and I would put Jalen Hurts in front of Rodgers. Like, listen, is Rodgers going to have a good season in the Jets? I don't know. They played this thing up like no tomorrow. Because, you know, I talked about this with Dan for three months. They're, they're like, oh, there's no rush. We don't know if we're going to get Aaron Rodgers. Oh, we've just hired Nathaniel Hackett as our offensive coordinator. But we don't know. Hey, we no. just got Alan Lazard. But we don't know. And and you're going to see more of it because they're the hard knocks team this year. But yeah, and but the thing is, and listen, I respect Aaron Rodgers. Do not get me wrong. But going off last season, I would knock him down a little bit in that list. Here's the other thing I'll say, and this this will also create some controversy. I understand why there's a certain guy not on this list. And who is that? It's Deshaun Watson, who's an honorable mention. I get it. He didn't play well at the end of last year. And plus with his legal situation. You got to remember, that took a toll on him. He didn't get to practice. He didn't get to play. So, of course, he's going to have some rust on him. I got to be honest with you. Cleveland's the one team in the AFC. No one's talking about them, but I could totally see Cleveland in the Super Bowl. I think Deshaun Watson's going to have a great year. I say that partially because he's on my dynasty team, but I, I think he's still a top 10 guy. And by the way, the other guy I'll throw in here I can't throw into it because of the injury situation. I like what Jared Goff did last year. I'm not sure if he's top 10. For consistency alone, my cousin Kirk deserves to be recognized as the legend he is. Who is this? Kirk Cousins. I put him in the top 10. I put him. 10? You could put him at 10. I'd put him at 10. Who would you rather have, Cousins or Stafford? Probably Cousins, but I really do like Stafford, too. I like him, too, but he wasn't good last year. Well, he was injured, too. So right. So Kind of going off things that, it, you know, it's not fair for, you know, that we're judging Stafford and Deshaun Watson because they were both Stafford injured and Watson dealing with his legal situation. Because they yeah. barely played last year. Yeah. And well, go you know, ahead. Like I said, I think the rest of the list is fine. I think Mahomes at one is great. But like I said, I don't know if I'm going to get run out of town for saying what I said about Aaron Rodgers, but I stand by that. And listen, if he has a good season, I will literally come here at the end of the year and eat my, and I will literally eat my hat. I thought you were going to go with the Bart Simpson, eat my shorts, but that's a whole nother conversation. I will eat my hat, Rifkin. This hat right here. 
That'll make you a Celtics fan if you eat it. No, it's a Notre Dame hat. College football season's on the horizon, too. Can't Ooh, wait. Excited for that. Let's go, Irish. Anyway. Well, speaking of... of I, I lost my train of thought. We'll, we'll transition out of football. We'll go to baseball. Okay, to the from the gridiron to the diamond. And we'll start with the two New York teams because... Neither one fared great this weekend. The New York Metropolitans lost two of three to the Los Angeles Dodgers of Brooklyn. And the New York Yankees lost two of three to the Colorado Rockies. Before we dive in, Bill, I want to say one thing. Okay, go ahead. Say as many things as you want. I know the Yankees fired the hitting coach and hired Sean Casey. Every time there's a base hit in Colorado, you don't have to show Sean Casey because guess what? I'm getting a base hit in Colorado too. Yeah, but that's the thing. And, you know, I was listening to him. My God, I don't know if you're familiar with this channel. It's called Bad Dog Sports. Um, He does a lot of Yankee content, a lot of giant content. Bad Dog, if you're listening, please come on this podcast. I love you. Um, But he says that when – that he said the fire in the hitting coach was just was just basically to throw a pound of flesh to the fan base. Just to throw it. Because did that do anything? No. It did absolutely nothing. And they put in one of Boone's lackeys. Here's the thing on the Yankees for me. Let's hear it. I use the term overrated often. So I don't like the term. The New York Yankees have gotten by the last number of years based on past history. Brian Cashman has gotten away on his past history. You know what it's like? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. If George was alive today, Brian Cashman wouldn't have a job. Agreed. If George was alive today, Aaron I said Boone that on Bomber's banter last month. I 100% agree with you. But here's the other thing. Okay. These guys who've underperformed, they also wouldn't be around. They would have, George would have glued Anthony Rizzo's ass to the bench. George would have told the team, hey, you take Giancarlo Stanton, and I'll still pay the contract. These guys don't. Let me phrase this as well as I can. These guys, their pinstripes are all attached to one guy. Judge. They're all attached to Judge. And, and here's the thing. Whether you think it's great business or bad business, DJ LeMahieu keeps playing. He's getting older. Yes. Josh Donaldson keeps playing. He's getting older. I think he's in the last year of his contract, too. No, well, he, he ain't, he's not going to come back. Bye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, Josh. The other guy I'm, I'd be fed up with if I'm a Yankee fan, I'd be fed up with Glaber Torres. To me, he's sort of hit and miss. Here's the 
I think Labor Torres has what I'm calling Cody Bellinger syndrome. Because LA, Cody Bellinger had those great years where he was the MVP and the MVP runner up to Yelich. And I think a lot of it got to his head. And then he struggled mightily. Now he's in Chicago and he's killing it. If Glaber Torres isn't in the spotlight of New York, I think he can go kill it somewhere else. I agree. Uh, but here's, you know, and this is the frustration because the Yankees are out of a playoff spot right now. They're in last place. Yeah. And I was talking to my dad again today. And he said, you know what? I hope they don't make it. I hope they don't make the playoffs. And you know what? As a Yankee fan, if they make it, I'll watch, I'll root. But if they don't make it, I I kind of agree with my dad. And here's why. You ready? You ready? You ready? Yeah, because the Yankees missing the playoffs is music to my ears. Okay, aside, you're going to sit here and laugh if that happens, aren't you? Uh, In my defense, the amount of crap Mets fans take from Yankee fans, yeah, I'm going to sit here and laugh. And, but like, here's the thing, because you know what? That should be a wake-up call to Hal Steinbrenner. It should be a wake-up call to Brian Cashman. It should be a wake, actually, no, just to, bro- just to Hal Steinbrenner, because you know what it would be? What you're doing is not working. What you're doing is crap. You need to scrap everything and start from the bottom. You idiot. And if you listen to what I said on Bomber's Banter last month, I let Hal have it. Like, because you know, I want to say this I say it again. Hal, if you're listening, I'm not Michael K. I'm not the, I'm not yet the Yes Network. I'm not going to sit here and be nice to you all the time. We all know why you went on Michael K's radio show, because you thought, and Michael K wasn't even there that day. And I, but I did see another interview with him because you thought he was going to be nice to you because he basically worked for you. And you would have th- he's going to throw you nice little softballs down the plate. But here's the thing. Al doesn't care. And I said that last month on Bomber's Banter. Al doesn't care. He, here's the thing I find funny. Not anything you said, because I I agree with you. Hal doesn't care. Hal just cares about the dollar in his pocket. Albeit, remember what they did for game five last year against the the Guardians? They they had the people drive. They rained out the game. They waited like two hours. Oh, there's no voucher for the game the next day. You got to pay for parking again. It's all about the almighty dollar to the Yankee. I get it. You know, because, again, those people who drove down to pay for parking, those people who had to pay for freaking train tickets. 60 bucks parking. And the thing is, it's like, you know, I think you said this last year when we did the Yankee autopsy report, and Reg said it. He just cares about making money off the Yankee brand. He's like, the team sucks. Who cares? People are still coming to games. I don't care. I'm just sitting here on my pile of money. Here's the thing that, that I find funny on the Yankees. Every year, everyone wants to say the same thing. We have to put the Yankees in the conversation because they're the Yankees. That conversation ended. And you could sit here and say, the Yankees have not been the same team since 2009 when they signed Teixeira, CC, and A.J. Burnett. It's also ironically the last time they won the World Series. 
Then let's fast forward through the years. Who was the last big-time free agent who wasn't there on that they brought him? Garrett Cole. Yes. Now, whether you like Garrett Cole, you don't like Garrett Cole, whatever. Garrett Cole hasn't been great in big spots. I still look back at that wild card game against the Red Sox. He's been hit and miss in some big games. Aaron Judge was your own guy. I'm not even going to go there. We have to stop giving the Yankees passes for guys who don't wind up going there. I agree. Bryce Harper chose Philly. Manny Machado chose San Diego. Then Buster Olney, who I'm going to say this, ESPN, like, just just stop with the baseball coverage. You have guys on who the broadcasts are terrible. The Sunday night games are, are, are worth putting on mute every week. Buster only said last week, the Yankees think they're going to be forced or might be the team most in on Shohei Otani. And I said to myself, they're going to be the team that goes to get Otani. Okay, so you've committed 300 to call. 300 stand, 300 to d- judge. You're going to commit four to 500 on Shohei Otani. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. But here's the thing you know who's going to, who's putting out that the Yankees are interested in Shohei Otani? Who? Shohei Otani's people. Because if the Yankee brand is interested, Shohei Otani's numbers go through the roof. Or to quote the great Cameron Grimes, to the moon. That one's for you, Patchy. So you're right in the sense of you said the Yankees have to consider starting over. The problem is they'll never say that. They'll never say that they'll do it. Here's the problem, though, Bill. When you look at the overall scope of the Yankees, The Yankees have one difference over the Orioles. All right, what's that? They have a guy named Garrett Cole. The Orioles don't have that ace guy yet. The Rays have an ace guy, Shane McClanahan, Tyler Glass now. The Blue Jays have a fabulous rotation. I love the Blue Jay rotation. The Red Sox, they've got Sale. Chris Sale's always hurt. But once you get past Garrett Cole in the Yankee staff, there's no guarantee wins. And hell, yesterday, Garrett Cole was really good. And you know what happened? They lost. They lost. Well, because of the genius known as Aaron Boone. I, by the way, I can't believe his name rips off that great Kevin James film. Here comes the Boone. So, and go ahead. I'm going to say this. Mm-hmm. And I said this. I'm sorry. I'm rehashing points I said on Bomber's banter, but not rehashing. You know what I think Hal's big problem is, and it has to do with Boone, and it has to do with Cashman. Is it the fact that he didn't even star in Shallow Hal? <laughs> no. The thing is, it's like, and and I brought this up on Bomber's banter, Mike. You know, there was a time from like the late '70s up into the mid '90s when the Yankees were going through like managers, like I go through jeans. Yeah, Billy Martin. Billy Martin was was fired and rehired five times. 
He went. Billy through- Martin was hired and refired more times than I'm up at the buffet line. <laughs> and he goes, and he went through a bunch of other managers. And I think in Hal's twisted mind, he's sitting there like, well, I've only been through two managers and stick with the same general manager. So I must be doing better than my father because I've only been through two managers. My father's been through like 30. So I must be doing better. That means nothing. It doesn't mean anything. Like, listen, you know what? I want to ask you a question. Do you think if a team has a big turnover in managers, do you think that shows, oh, this team is so unstable? Or do No, you think- I think it shows at times a difference in opinion or it depends on how often you're doing it if you're doing it like every two two to three years i'm going okay that's dysfunctional if it's four years then i four to five years i could say okay guy just never did what he got to do here's the caveat to that mm-hmm. there are these smaller market teams the reds the marlin uh, i'm not even gonna throw the marlins because skip schumacher's in his first year Think of the Reds and the Diamondbacks for a second. Okay. David Bell's in, I think, his fifth year. Mm-hmm. Tori Lavello's been around maybe six or seven. Look at what those teams are doing now. They're playing well. They're in a good position because they let the manager and the players develop. And that's the key to all of this. They understand that, hey, we're not good enough to spend hundreds of millions of dollars every year. They get that part. The problem is when you're the New York Yankees, the pressure is always on you to win. And guess what? You haven't won since 2009. And you know what? I think we're in that streak's going to continue this year. They're not going to win the World Series if, even if they don't get in. So you know what I would say if I'm Aaron Boone? Is it worth giving up prospects for just to get to the wild card? Is it worth giving up prospects? By the way, we don't even know if our most important player is going to be healthy. That's the problem with the Yankees. They don't have a sense of direction outside of we're going for it. You know what? I I think I've come to pretty much, I've come to peace with, the fact that Judge is most likely going to be out for the air. All right. Now on to my other favorite subject, the Mets. How do we not talk about the Mets? They lose two out of three to the Dodgers. But I know everyone wants to be bleak and they want to be miserable and they want to punch themselves in the face because they watch this unforgiving franchise day after day after day. I'm here to bring the positive spin on this. Let's hear the positive spin on this, Mike. One, Brett Beatty still didn't catch that (laughs) pop-up. That's a positive. Good job, Brett. Keep fighting, buddy. (laughs) Here's the positive. Justin Verlander walked six guys, stunk up the joint Friday night. 100% true. Kodai Senga was absolutely sensational. Let me rephrase that. Absolutely sensational on Saturday night until the defense and the bullpen let him all down. Sunday, bloody Sunday, as sung by the great Bono. There's the Irish theme. 
Max Scherzer was wheeling and dealing like there was no tomorrow in his seven shutout innings. And the Mets got a walk-off win. And I say with every big Met win that maybe this is the one that jump starts them. I'm not confident in saying this jump starts them. I'm going to say it like this. I get it if you're going to say the season's over on July 17th. I totally understand. They're like eight out in the wild card. I get it. All is not lost on the 2023 Mets. Here's why. If Max Scherzer is held on to through the deadline and he figures out what has gone wrong for Max Scherzer, if Justin Verlander isn't the guy you want to go get rid of because no one offers what you think and they figure it out and Kodai Senga continues to be special, you found your top three for 2024. Oh, but wait, there's more. Let's hear it. Remember that Shohei Otani theory posed by Yankee fans? Well, here's the deal. I'm not going to sit here and say the Mets trade for Shohei Otani. I, I don't think that's the right play. I really don't. But I do think there are guys in play. I think Mark Cann is a guy who's in play. I think David Robertson's a guy who's in play. Although I'm not opposed to bringing Robertson back next year to set up Edwin Diaz. I think one guy who I think could be in play is Jeff McNeil. That way you bring Ronnie Mauricio up to see what he could bring. But if you pay Otani next year, my one through four in the rotation looks like Otani, Scherzer, Verlander, Senga. Then my lineup looks like Nemo, Lindor, Otani, Pete Alonzo, Francisco Alvarez. No, I'm not playing MLB the show. I'm just playing with Uncle Stevie's money and making it be a good lineup right there. And I got to tell you something, Rifkin, on a side note, what you said about what you said, Nemo. Hmm? I went to two Met games this year, and each game I went to, Nimmo hit a home run. You know why? Why? You found Nimmo. It's like, because like before he was hurt, the two Yankee games I went to this year, Judge hit a home run. Two of the Yankee games I went to, Judge hit a home run. And the two Met games I went to, Nimmo hit a home run. So, yeah. so uh, listen, I'm just playing around with Uncle Stevie's money. <laughs> Do I think the Mets make a run? No, but I'll say this. I think they have the potential to make it a lot of fun. I really do. Tug McGraw said it, and I say it every year. Gotta believe. Gotta believe. And it ain't over till the fat lady sings. Um, You know, since let's, with the Otani talk, do you think Otani's coming to New York, either to the Bronx or to Queens? or? Are you no. talking about trade or free agency? Since the trade deadline's come, let's talk about trade. No. I don't think so either. There are two teams that should trade for Shohei Otani, and they're in the same division. You ready? Giants and Dodgers? No, no. I will never give advice to the Dodgers because I do not like Dave Roberts. He is a man I think is highly overrated. Okay. The Baltimore Orioles 
and the Tampa Bay Rays. Really? Here's why. Here's the reasoning. Your window, if you're the Rays, is now. Because we know the Rays. They don't pay people long-term. They never give out long-term deals. Correct? Yes. I trade for half a year of Shohei Otani. One, I can line up my rotation. Otani, Shane McClanahan, Tyler Glasnow. Nobody's top of that three. Then in that lineup with Wander Franco, Randy Arozarena, Brandon Lau, Yandy Diaz. Oh, that lineup's good. That lineup is freaking scary. So the Rays should just say, you know what? We are the big dog. Come get the big dog or you're going to get stung. The Orioles should do one because they have too many young players. And they don't have a guy at the top of the rotation. So I'm okay if I'm either one of those teams giving up young talent if it means I can win this year. I got to listen, I know he's not re-signing with either one. But if you can sacrifice some of those young players for a World Series title, your fan base will love it. They'll love it. I don't, Otani crazy. I don't want to see Shohei Otani. I don't want to see Shohei Otani as a Dodger. To me, that's boring. Let's get real. Let's have fun. The Rays, the Orioles. Let's go. Let's do don't it. Hold, don't hug your freaking prospects. This is Shohei freaking Otani. So you think he's going to? You would say either the O's or the Rays. I mean, that's what I would do. If I was one of those teams, I I think that could work, actually. Rifkin, it's crazy enough it could work. I got to tell you, Bill, I appreciate the fact you think it's crazy because that's what I'm here for. All right. So the Rays, Orioles, if you're listening, and I know that you're, you guys pull the trigger. On Shohei Otani. All right. We'll we'll see what the Angels do. Also, side note, I do not like the fact that Buster only asked Phil Nevin that during the game last night on the Otani trade talks. I do not love that. Um, That should be something done in the manager's office. If Buster wants to report that during the broadcast, I'm okay with it. I don't love in-game that question. Not much that I love in game anyway. The interviews with the managers, but it's a whole other conversation. Because here, because hold on, pull up the Fox article. I know I have it here somewhere. Um. Okay, I have it here. Rifkin, give me one second. Take your time, and then we got one more subject, and then we will close out. Hey, I I swear to God, I had it up here. Okay, let me see if I can pull it up again. Okay. Trade targets for Otani. Okay. Um. Okay. Here is what. Fox Sports is saying of the potential trade targets for Otani. Okay. Number number five, 
my beloved New York Yankees. Yeah, I'm going to say it's not going to happen. Okay. They're, they're all saying it's going to happen. John Smoltz go, if the Yankees get Otani, they're World Series contenders. I don't think the Yankees are World Series contenders with Otani. Because, like, and like, here's the thing. If the Yankees trade for Otani, and that's one big yet, he's going to be a rental. Unless the Angels are willing to take one of those other guys on, Stanton, something like that. But the Yankees are going to have to pay that. Or at least eat part of that. Yeah, and plus they have four big contracts already. They have the Stanton contract, the Cole contract, the Judge contract, and the Rodon contract. Do you think they're going to want another one? Because you know he's not going to be asking for pocket change. So, and... Yeah, so I, but I think that would help be another bat with Judge and be another one in the rotation with Cole and Rodon, but I don't see it happening. Number four, the Seattle Mariners. Okay, this one makes a ton of sense. The one problem I see is I don't think the Angels make this deal within the division. Plus, Otani would have the one guy who could really help him here. Each around. Exactly. Ichiro can convince him to come over. Yeah, they can go to the fish market together. I wouldn't hate that. Mariner rotation's already stacked as it is with Castillo and Kirby and Bryce Miller. You know, am I saying no to Shohei Otani? No, I just don't see the Angels making that deal. Number three, the San Francisco Giants. Uh, I don't know enough about the farm system, but okay. Number two, your beloved New York Mets. Let me tell you something. I'm not against it. I'm not against it. If you could bring him over and convince him to stay, there's one guy I'm not, there are two guys I'm not trading. I'm not trading Alonzo. I'm not trading Alvarez. If you want something else outside of that, I am willing to listen. Do so it. So are you? Do it. Do so it. you think Uncle Stevie's going to throw the money? Listen, uncles. No, no one can challenge Uncle Stevie's money. If Shohei Otani wants money, Uncle Stevie's got it. He did say he was never going to spend like a drunken sailor at his introductory press conference. But I'm, I'm willing to do it. And number one, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Don't do it. Don't do it. They got bets. They got Freeman. They, they got star power. They're good. They don't need them. You really just don't like the Dodgers, do you, Rifkin? No, here's the thing. I got on the Yankees for this. I've gotten on the Dodgers for this. I don't mind when you spend money. But there comes a point in time where I have a lot of respect for guys who get drafted and developed, and they do it for their own talent. But I look at what the Dodgers have done, and they bring in Mookie Betts, trade I still wouldn't have made if I'm the Red Sox, whole another conversation. 
And then they bring in a Freddie Freeman. And it's like, all right. Then they made the trade for Scherzer and Turner. And it's just, at some point it's overboard. But here's the other thing. I'm one of those people who's just like, yeah, I really don't love the 2020 World Series. So the Dodgers really haven't won anything outside of 2020. So mm-hmm. I could care less. I just don't love the fan base that just goes, yeah, we do this every year. And she's like, the Padres are starting to get on my nerves too with it. But it's just like, now I understand what it's like to have money. And that's how, what you're getting in New, in New York with Stevie. Now you know what it's like to have big spending. Yeah. Take that, coupons, you jerks. So, yeah. We'll see Great what happens deadline. with Otani. The Otani drama. Do you think he's going to stay 1st. in the Angels? Or? I don't think he stays just because of the fact of the trout injury, I think, puts them out. So, that's that. Because One piece. Gonna, go I'm ahead. I'm just going to say this before we move on. Otani should go to a team where he knows he has a chance. Otani should go to a team where he could put on a show and he'll be like, hey, I'm putting on a show. If he stays with the Angels, he hasn't, he's never going to win a World Series. Yeah. The only thing the Angels can give him is possibly remaking Angels in the outfield, too. Classic. With, with, instead of Joseph Gordon Levitt, it'll be Jonathan Lipnicki. All right, last topic. Last week at the ESPYs, someone decided to make it all about themselves, as per usual. LeBron James has announced he will return for his 21st season. This is not a personal vendetta on LeBron. This is just going to be quick. Bill, does LeBron coming back mean anything for the Lakers winning a championship next year? I really don't think so. What do you think? Yeah, they're not better than Denver. I don't think they'll be better than Phoenix. And you want the hottest of hot takes? Don't yeah. underestimate the Warriors. Don't Agreed. Do and also, he's going back to wearing number 23 in honor of the late Bill Russell because he wore number six. I'm like, wait, hasn't number six been retired throughout the NBA like baseball did with 42? He, he was grandfathered Robinson? in like Mariano Rivera. Oh, okay. So, like how Mariana wore 42. Yeah. By the way, endless I get for Bill Russell. Can we retire 23 2 just for Jordan? I, you know what? That's a good conversation to have. Like, should we retire? You know, I think they've retired Jackie in baseball and yeah, Russell in basketball. Roberto Clemente's 21. I know the NHL's talked about Gretzky's 99. I think it is. I'm not 100% on that. And because, you know, because these men broke barriers, um, Jackie Robinson and Bill Russell. So I think maybe that's why they want to they, – they retire these numbers. Yeah, so let's see where that goes. LeBron coming back. If LeBron was come back east – I'd say there's a better chance just because of, I don't think the East is as loaded as the West. But you're going up with Denver, Phoenix, Golden State. The Clippers, if they're healthy, are really good. Basketball season, three months away, too. But we'll wait and see on that one. All right. 
That'll do for the top of the first inning of Game 15 Sports Insanity Podcast here on the Sports Insanity Network. Check out the podcast, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the website, www.thesportsandsendingnetwork.com. Great blogs, vlogs, planes, trains, and automobiles. Go to the YouTube page. Build us some vlogs there as well. You can follow us on the Twitterverse at S Insanity Real. The podcast also has a Twitter account. Not and sure sports if it's insane. Top of my head. At Sports Insane. At Sports Insane. We're also on the Facebook. Follow us. Let us know. We love you. We want you to love us. Please love us. We want you to be cheap. We, we're cheap trick here. We want you to want us. But until- and in the words of Journey, we will welcome you with open arms. And also like Journey, we just don't stop believing. Because we will give you any way you want it. And the wheel in the sky keeps on turning. Until next time. He's and I think Bill. it's time we go our separate ways. Till next time. Until next time, he's Bill. I'm Mike. Have a good one, everyone. And namaste. Namaste. Stay safe and take care.